BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Or shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers. Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can find it. Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle around some pixie dust and grab that happiest thought because we're flying away to Neverland with Eric Warren. I haven't got to break that out in a long time. <laughs> well, I enjoy it because it gives me an opportunity to dance. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I'm doing my little dance thing, too. One hand on the mouse and the other hand in the air. <laughs> there you go. There you go. How you been this week? I, I, I am good. I am good. Uh, it wasn't as good as you, though. It sounds like uh, you had quite the weekend. Yes, I did. I was at Toonfest in Marceline, Missouri, and we're going to definitely talk all about that here a little bit later. I got to meet Mike and Patty Parasa, and they were fantastic. They were so much fun, uh, and we are going to try to have them on later over Skype because I didn't get as much time to talk to them as I would like because, you know, things were kind of busy and hopping around so much, And uh, but we will talk about all the fun that I've had here in a little bit, but uh, we've got so much stuff going on this week with Halloween that uh, we're, we're going to have to dive right into it. But first... Oh my goodness, so much, yes. First, all right, we still have some victims out there from Harvey and Irma, and I want to remind everybody how they can help out. Give them the, uh, the web address there, Eric. That's... Uh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, at right, blah, 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 blah,
<laughs> that is www.redcross.org slash donate slash donation. One more time. www.redcross.org slash donate slash donation. And of course, when I was saying in slash, I meant forward slash, the one that leans towards the right. Yeah, don't go backslash. And be careful about slashing your donation. Give as much as you can. And don't right. go and around don't slashing this, people. <laughs> and we don't want this to go to Guns and Roses slash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and of course, I will make sure that there is a link on the show notes and the website at NeverlandPodcast.com. So make sure you go and check it out and we'll help you guide you there if you didn't catch it from the three, the twice that Eric said it. I almost said three times, but if we said it three times, it, you know, it may conjure something into the room because it's, it's nearly October. Uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Don't do it. Oh, okay. Don't do it. <laughs> you're, you're just asking for us to get into trouble. Uh, true, true. I have a confession of a screw up. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's not a screw up. It's a happy accident. Happy accident. Sure. Okay, so how long has it been since we talked about when June Foray passed away? Uh, it's been at least a month. Well, it, it, it's been a few weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, well, I had posted out on Facebook uh, and, and linked into some voice actors that had worked with June Frey. It's like, hey, if you'd like to share anything, uh, please feel free to call into our voicemail. Uh, well, after we'd already recorded that episode, I found that I had a voicemail from actress Katie Lee, you know, Sunny Gummy, Honker Muddlefoot, tons of others. Uh, Dumbo, the only voice of Dumbo from Dumbo Circus. And, uh, well, she had left me a voicemail and I've been sitting on it and I kept forgetting to play it on the show. Well, you uh, know what? We can easily rectify that. Yes, I can. Click! Hi, guys. This is Katie Lee calling. Um, I'm a voice actress, and I got to work with June Foray on multiple occasions, but especially on uh, Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears. I saw her at various social events, too. She was always very gracious, uh, very knowledgeable, uh, very opinionated, and very encouraging. She she always uh, was open and willing to do just about anything for anybody. She was very open that way, and all the characters that she created uh, originally were like the template for my entire voice acting repertoire, and uh, she was my hero growing up, the voices in my head that I used to, uh, as a springboard for characters that I create now. And uh, she even one time recommended me to do the voiceover for a Russian film that was nominated for uh, an Academy Award, a short animated film, and the voiceover was in Russian, and she recommended me to the producers to do the voiceover in English, and that was very sweet. I don't know if you can find it. It's a short film called The Cow. It was an amazing uh, piece of animation because I believe it was either sand or, or paint on glass that they kept shifting around to, to change the images. Anyway, I thought that was really neat that she would uh, suggest me, and I will always cherish, absolutely cherish, the fact that I got to be sitting in the same room with her working on a show for several years. What a dream come true. Bye, you guys.
spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. <laughs> Extra little bit of sound there at the end. <laughs> Hey, I have no problem with that sound. Yep, it's a great transition. <laughs> Normally, we'd have a transition of some music, but the way we're recording today, we're not going to have a background music. So I hope everybody's enjoying the show anyway. But it, uh, this this is in the, well, duh, of course they did, department. But the Walt Disney Company donated $2.5 million Dallas, you know, Hollis for the Dallas, $2.5 million to Irma Relief. And I can't, like I said, I can't say I'm surprised. Of course they would do that. They take care of the community. That's, that's something we expect from the Disney company. Oh, most definitely. And uh, definitely to see them stepping up and providing this type of uh, support to the people who've been affected by these storms. It's really wonderful and incredible. Yep, and uh, I do want to read a little bit of uh, the press release that was put up by the WaltDisneyCompany.com. They got a quote here from Bob Iger, and it says, As millions of people now face the daunting challenge of putting their lives and communities back together in the wake of these historic hurricanes, they need our help. And we're donating $2.5 million to support relief and recovery efforts in response to Hurricane Irma. This in addition to the nearly $16 million we raised for Hurricane Harvey to help ensure storm victims have the support needed to recover and rebuild. And there's a little bit of extra uh, on the press release. It says, in addition to Disney's donation announced today, contributions from Disney employees to eligible relief and recover organizations will be matched dollar for dollar by Disney employee matching gifts, a program of the Walt Disney Company Foundation, which is really cool. So that's probably, I guess, how the $16 million came about for Hurricane Harvey is from employee donations being matched. So this $2.5 is just straight from the Disney Company. But who knows how much it'll be when they start matching employee donation into oh, Irma. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. this is very, very cool. And I'm sure it will go a long way in helping those affected. So good on you, Disney. You're doing exactly what we expect of you. But going over from some, uh, well, some good news over some bad news, we have some straight bad news. We've lost a Disney legend this week. <sighs> yeah. Oh, and my, right, I'm not signed in to D23 to be able to uh, look at it, but we know about Xavier Exitensio. Uh, I was going to be able to look at the uh, the D23 had a really nice article uh, that uh, told a lot about him. But I mean, some of the things I mean, the major ones that I'm always going to remember him, of course, my favorite is going to be the Haunted Mansion. He wrote the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But Betty Baker wrote the words, and I think Exitensio also kind of helped run some of the story and helped run the uh, get the Haunted Mansion together. Oh yeah, uh, and also you know not just the Haunted Mansion, but also Pirates of the Caribbean. Right there, a one-two punch of two of the greatest attractions in the Disney parks. Yo ho! <laughs> Which you know, of course he, wants, he wrote that one. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. He actually once said that I didn't even know that I could write music, but somehow Walt did. He tapped my hidden talents. Yeah, and I believe I heard that he had studied uh, like journalism. And so he had a little bit of a writing background, but he didn't really think he could write anything for Disney while he was here. And mm-hmm. so Walt, of course, is great at finding those hidden talents. He loved to challenge employees and say, you know what? I think you could be great at this. Go do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he actually started as a uh, as an animator's assistant. He worked on Fantasia. Um, he went to or he served in World War Two. Uh, in England, but he returned to the studio in 1945 and he worked on short subjects. 
1953, he received his first screen credit for Toot, Whistle, Plunk, and Boom, which won an Academy Award. And other films that he contributed to included Jack and Old Mac, and Oscar nominees Noah's Ark, and a symposium on popular songs. He also animated title sequences for live-action films like The Parent Trap, Babes in Toyland, and Mary Poppins. And he contributed his artistic skill to the I'm No Fool series for the original Mickey Mouse Club television show. Cool. So he did a lot. He was yeah. uh, quite active. And you know, even today, we can still hear his voice in both Pirates of the Caribbean and The Haunted Mansion. Although, uh, what one of the parks has changed the uh, the vocals for for for, uh, for I think it's in Walt Disney World though for Pirates of the Caribbean they've got a new Skull and Crossbones with a different voicing now. Hmm. Uh, but I, I think Disneyland still has the original, right? Yes, so. Disneyland Disneyland still has the original, and of course, over in the Haunted Mansion, it's his voice that we hear uh, whenever the ride needs to come to an unexpected stop. And I hope they never take that away because I, I, it makes me nervous. You know, Paul Vries' voice is going to be taken away from Pirates of the Caribbean if they keep changing the redhead out. Mm, you know, so true. it's like some of that's got to stay. You know, so these these mm-hmm. people who worked hard on it, it's be terrible to just lose their legacy. Mm-hmm. So, but speaking of scary things in the parks, yes. at, the, at the Disneyland Parks blog, they have an image from this uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark. So uh, it looks like from this image. Although this is, I guess, an artist concept only image, but it looks like the video screens, you know, like the, that you would see on the elevator where you would be seeing the Guardians kind of running around from different creatures. It's more going to focus on some of the more monstrous creatures that were in the collection on the ride. So the ride itself, it looks like to be different. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is this creature that in this image is actually something from Thor Ragnarok. It is Surtur's oh, it's not a Balrog? No, it's Surtur's Fire Dragon, so pretty close. Which, Very close. That yeah. movie is November 3rd. We're, we're so close to that movie. Well, and we're even going to see this dragon in the movie. Yeah, so this is going to be great. I love how they're just wrapping this all together. So. Mm-hmm. But this has, uh, I thought it started like September 1st, and we've seen articles that it said September 1st, but now they're saying it's at S- September 15th is when all this yep. has started. So now it is your opportunity. It's past Friday. Right. Mm-hmm. It has launched. So hurry up and get over there. And we got some more Halloween stuff going on that we were going to talk now, about. Now, one thing that I might mention here, if you are planning on going to Disneyland and seeing this, uh, you know, the, this new monster takeover or Monsters After Dark, you got to remember it's only available after dark at California Adventure. During the daytime, they're playing uh, and and you're going on the regular Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout. It's only after dark that this new change to the attraction takes place. And I understand that if you need a fast pass, Max Pass is currently blocked from this. Oh. And uh, the fast passes for Monsters After Dark actually begins at uh, distribution at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Ooh, okay, so uh, you better get going and get after it. And be prepared. Yes, be prepared to wait. Uh, now, this, I believe, because uh, the the Mickey's Halloween party, I guess it's not called Not So Scary over in Disneyland. Right. Uh, but it seems that is focused. That, of course, is a separate ticket over in Disneyland. And I have seen Paul Berry of Window to the Magic does have a ticket. He's, he's going to go on the 27th and record it. So I definitely recommend Window to the Magic. Go and listen in. He's going to bring all kinds of fun audio. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I think DCA is going to be 
kept separate from that, so I don't think you'll have to do a separate ticket. I think you can just go in there normally, but don't quote me on that. Uh, actually, you do not need a – it's not a special event over at uh, – DCA as it is over in Disneyland itself. You know, it's only, um, you know, I believe it's uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights from now through the 31st of October, uh, where you've got the special ticketed event uh, for uh, Mickey's Halloween party at Disneyland. Uh, at, you do not need that separate and special ticket to go and enjoy any of the Halloween or Halloween festivities going on over at California Adventure. Right. So what, what I would recommend whether you're going to go to the, the Halloween party or not, make sure that you have passes to go to both parks so you can visit you know, and go to Disneyland because you're going to have the Haunted Mansion holiday. You're going to have Ghost Galaxy that you can go and check out. And then, of course, running over to DCA to see all the Cars characters and, of course, Monsters inside. Oh, yes. What was the name of that thing again? <laughs> Monsters in uh, the Dark? Surter, Surter, yeah, Monsters in the Dark and it's Surter's Fire Dragon. And yes, you'll see the. And who knows what other creatures we're going to see? Surtur's Fire Dragon. Maybe we'll see another one of the the monster from the the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy two that uh, was eating the batteries. Mm-hmm. And you can only kill it by uh, finding a tiny little wound that you can exploit. Oh come on! You can. I'm sure you can cut it from the inside out. Sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh wow, uh, this is a really cool picture. This is also you're going to find this on the Disney Parks blog. They have some images. If you're not getting a chance to go and see it in person of the new gingerbread house inside the Haunted Mansion Holiday. And uh, I I love that usually it's some sort of gingerbread house that kind of looks like the outside of the Haunted Mansion, only distorted in some fashion. Mm Mm-hmm. And keeping with the theme of Oogie Boogie, who is, you know, they've got him like over DCA's entryway, like Oogie Boogie has taken over DCA. It's kind of got an image of Oogie Boogie over the top of the thing. Uh, And it's really cool. I like it. Of course, I like it every year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the great thing is they don't just go with the same gingerbread house every year. They make changes. Yeah. Make a new one every year. And this one has gingerbread bugs all over it. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Which makes sense. It's Oogie Boogie. Exactly. He's got to ingest those bugs to stay Oogie Boogie. Right. And uh, you know what? Hmm? Oh, I was I, just going to say, there's over 70 of those bugs uh, that are you know, either in the mansion or scurrying across the table or even hidden elsewhere throughout the attraction. You know, that could be a good game. You could just keep track of where you're finding bugs and try to mark it down, write it multiple times. Mm-hmm. But I do want to give credit here because this was done by executive pastry chef Jean-Marc Vallée. I hope I'm saying your name right. And lead pastry chef Edgar Ortola. And it took 200 pounds of gingerbread, 200 pounds of powdered sugar, four gallons of egg whites, one gallon lemon juice, 30 pounds of white chocolate, 50 pounds of gum paste, eight ounces each of food coloring, blue, purple, orange, yellow, red, 16 ounces of green food coloring, 50 pounds of fondant, a, a third of a pound of glitter and 200 hours by Disney Culinary Magic. Wow. wow. I'm hungry. <laughs> Actually, I am hungry. <laughs> to tell the truth. Oh, but uh, you've got until early January 2018 to go and check this thing out. So make sure you hustle. Now, I do want to mention that if you uh, can get to the Disney Parks blog and take a look at this picture, you might even see a hidden Mickey. Yeah, usually there's stuff on the table. You know, I didn't see one in the picture. I'm going to have to go back and look at it later. I may have. 
You may have. <laughs> mm, you'll never tell. <laughs> Uh, some other fun images I found on the Disney Parks blog this week is they have some pictures. All right, we knew Mater was going to be like a, a vampire in purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did see, uh, was it Edna? I always forget her name. Or is it, Li- I, no, it's not Lily. Nellie? Lizzie? Lizzie, yes. And uh, that that ad had kind of a her as an oversized spider, but we've seen some images uh, in some videos where she's a, kind of a smaller spider, so it's not that weird. But we finally got to see Lightning McQueen's costume. And he's like a weird superhero, which instead of a cape, he's got this really overly long blue spoiler. Kind of looks like they put a blue mask on him. And he's got the initials LMO on him. I have no idea what that means. Uh, It's LMQ. Oh, it is an LMQ. It's a Q. Oh, (laughs) so Lightning Lightning McQueen. McQueen. Well, that's fun. Well, I got to wonder, though, what what Edna Mode has to say about that costume, though. No capes. No capes. No capes. Well, his is more of a super spoiler. I know. I know. So, but still, no capes. No capes. <laughs> but it looks really cool. They've kind of uh, enhanced and put some extra lightning on uh, on his hood and uh, on the sides. So, very, very cool. I'm hoping to get to see some images of some of the other cars. So, mm-hmm. if you happen to be going that way there this month, Eric, then maybe some uh, pictures. Well, I uh, just need... Uh the fundage to do it, but uh, pictures will be forthcoming. Now, one neat thing that I do want to mention that's not uh, advised in this blog is that they do have a photo opportunity set up with a car that has been converted to look like a spider. That car happens to be one of the Mr. Toad vehicles. Oh, cool. But it's all painted black and it's got spider legs and it just looks really neat. But it's sitting out in front of Flo's V8 Cafe. Uh, now, do they use anything special? I've seen like these, this kind of weird, goofy car that kind of looks like a witch that's in one of the images with Lightning McQueen. Is that from anything particular? Do you know? You know, that, I, I, I haven't seen that image myself, so I really couldn't say at this time. Ah, but there's, yeah, go check it out on the Disney Parks blog, or if you happen to be visiting the parks, there's this really kind of neat-looking little uh, witch kind of with the Cars Land sign that looks mm-hmm. pretty fun. And, of course, they do have signs that say Trunk or Treat. Ha, ha, ha. So, uh, but, of course, course there's all kinds of merchandise that of is course. of course you know we've got some commemorative merchandise there's all kinds of t-shirts and different colors there's some hoodies here uh i kind of like this one uh they've got uh, mickey mouse where you know, he I, i've got some uh window cleans i think i've had that that were and i, I think i had a little stuffed mickey that you squeeze him and he dances around plays some music but um it's mickey mouse as a vampire we usually get but they have his teeth are candy corn on, on these t-shirts <laughs> shirts <laughs> yes uh, all of the t-shirts wow <laughs> yeah i love it, it that's fantastic it balances out what, keeps it from being scary mm-hmm. i'll tell you for me i like these pins that they've got available yes a headless horseman pin yes and then uh, villain pins as well of maleficent jafar uh the evil queen from snow white and ursula yeah and they're all glittery mm-hmm Oh my goodness, there's lots of different pins and varieties. And they're all, of course, marked with Halloween Party 2017. Mm-hmm. 
My goodness. Okay, so now these are all, of course, limited edition Halloween, Halloween screams and Frightful Front Parade and all kinds of different things. Uh, I think there are some locations listed that you can find them, of course, during, at the Emporium. They're mainly during the Halloween events at the Emporium mm-hmm. on Main Street, uh, Pioneer, Mercantile, and Frontierland, and Pieces of Eight in New Orleans Squares. Uh, there will see be, be some pin trading locations. Uh, the 20th Century Music on Main Street, uh, Westward Ho Trading Company in Frontierland, and Little Green Men's Store Command in Tomorrowland. Uh, good old store command. Uh, and if you're an annual pass holder, uh, apparently if you go to Disneyana in Main Street, USA, or Towns Tomorrowland Starcade, you can find some specialty apparel and pins special for the annual pass holders. In fact, there's even a special T-shirt that uh, looks really kind of cool that uh, I kind of wish I could get to because it's also got the Mickey with the uh, candy corn teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want a candy corn teeth Mickey doll. <laughs> And all the spooky Scooby-Doo style eyes. Yes. <laughs> but there's oh, there's all kinds of other merchandise. Now, I found two different uh, websites that were listing some of the merchandise, but I think one of these is specifically for the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Right. But right. I, I did find it said below that you could also find some stuff if you shop, shop in the Disney Parks app or go to the Disney online store. You can find some of this merchandise and apparel. Uh, and you know they got this – I kind of like this pumpkin. It's an orange shirt, and it's kind of mm. like jack o Printed, but on the inside of the print, it you know it's really kind of it's hard to see from the image, but it looks like it's got a bunch of Mickey heads and stuff. Yeah, I like it. I want one. It's also this Halloween 2017 that has it has uh, I think that's a different costume because Mickey's wearing like a a hat and it's got Goofy in a mummy and Pluto is a skeleton thing and Donald is uh, like a weird bat or something. There's some mm-hmm. really a lot of fun apparel and shirts. Some uh, these are awful big. I don't know. Are you seeing these? Are these pins? Yeah, those are pins. They just look really big in the image here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are uh, about average size for pens, I would say. Oh, I guess I, you know, maybe I just I'm looking at them wrong. But uh, I, it looks like they all have different costumes in Walt Disney World compared to what they have in Disneyland. Yeah, and and I don't know what costumes they're wearing at Disney World. I know from the images I've seen this past weekend from Disneyland that uh, it's the same traditional costumes that. Uh, have been in place for some time but uh yeah i mean this this is a really interesting look of mickey with his with a red top hat mm-hmm. mini and uh kind of a uh bluish purplish outfit but yeah. uh, one of the things that i've been looking at uh, over the weekend is a countdown calendar for halloween that's got both mickey and minnie on it yes i want this <laughs> <laughs> I also there's also a uh, kind of a paper art uh, foldable. Well, I guess usually you'd see it like a skeleton, but they've also got that uh, with Mickey in this current outfit as well. Oh yeah, I see it like a wall poses, Yeah, yeah, where he can pose his arms and legs and into whatever position you want. Wow, that would be fun. Of course, I, I have one of those skeletons you could position. I actually have – I found at Walmart one time the actual sets that like I used to see in my elementary school that they would – it was mm-hmm. a cheap set, but you'd have like a witch head and a scarecrow head and all this other oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it has the big posable skeleton. We actually found that set and I was like, I got to get it. Memories. So, <laughs> oh, but I, I got to find out how much this little countdown is because I want that. Oh, oh yes. Must have. <laughs> must have. Must spend money that I don't have. <laughs>
Oh my goodness! Well, I was, we got to turn the corner just a little bit. We've, we've had a lot of Halloween fun, but there are other things going on, of course. There are. Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to throw out real quick. I almost forgot about this. Uh, there are some guidelines to your Halloween costume, and I did find some video. Walt Disney World guests love to dress up in costume for special events. That includes Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party at Magic Kingdom Park in Florida and run Disney events across Walt Disney World. But there are costume guidelines for Walt Disney World special events. All guests can dress as their favorite characters, but they must also follow these guidelines as determined solely by Disney. Disney reserves the right to deny admission to or remove any person wearing attire that is inappropriate or could detract from the experience of other guests. Let's go over some do's and don'ts. Costumes must be family friendly and may not be obstructive, offensive, objectionable, or violent. Costumes may not include any weapons that resemble or could easily be mistaken for an actual weapon. For example, a metal sword would not be allowed, but a foam sword or toy glow sword would be okay. Lightsabers are allowed too. Other acceptable accessories include transparent wings and tutus, but costumes can't have sharp or pointed objects or materials that may accidentally strike other guests. Hats and other headwear are okay, as long as they don't cover the face. For guests age 13 and under, masks cannot cover your entire face and your eyes must be visible. For guests 14 and over, masks of any kind are not allowed, whether they cover part or all of your face, whether or not your eyes are visible. Also for guests 14 and over, costumes may not reach or drag on the ground. Guests can wear a cape, but the length can't go below your waist. Guests who dress like characters may not pose for pictures or sign autographs for other guests. Layered costumes or costume props that surround the entire body are strongly discouraged and may mean additional security screening. Guests who don't follow these costume guidelines could be refused entry into and or removed from Disney parks unless his or her costume can be modified to meet the standards. Plan ahead so no pirate, princess, superhero, or chipmunk has to go back to the resort and change before joining the fun. For a written list of Disney Parks costume guidelines at special events, click here. Uh, well, of course, by click here, uh, <laughs> there is nothing here uh, that you can click on. YouTube does have a thing. But, yeah, if you go to the Disney Parks YouTube channel, this is where I found this. Very useful information, I thought, because, uh, you know, I've never been to one of the Halloween parties, but I would hate to have something go wrong and wear something that's not appropriate. So it's good to know what you can wear before you leave to go mm -hmm. to the parks. So mm -hmm. I, I thought that would be very, very handy. But uh, now we can definitely turn a corner and do something that's not quite so scary how about that all right you know there's been quite a bit of construction going around uh, the different parks throughout the world uh, but just this weekend uh, there is now a display available for the new toy story land that's coming to disney hollywood studios in florida yeah this is interesting it looks like uh, this is part of what uh, used to be um 
the one man's dream attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's now become Walt Disney Presents, which I don't really know a whole lot about. I might have to do some research on that later because uh, I heard something about one man's dream had changed. Uh, I never got to actually experience. I somehow another missed it. Uh, but somewhere in there, you can see this model. And I guess it's going to be this is similar to you know, that big Star Wars land model that they had mm-hmm. uh, in D23. Uh, it's very detailed on these images yeah. uh, and very colorful and looks fantastic. Oh, absolutely. This is uh, giving us a good layout of how the land is going to look. Uh, pictures we've got are some specific close-ups of the Slinky Dog ride, as well as a uh, ride with the um, uh, aliens mm-hmm. uh, as uh, they're trying to get captured by the claw. Yeah, which looks fantastically adorable. And I mm-hmm. love some of this decor because it's, 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 it's as if you've shrunk down amongst all of Andy's toys. There's even this little box of lassos that has like a cartoony looking version of Jesse that it looks like it's a, a like boxed of like, like wood a cereal blocks box. Or, or, yeah, yeah, like a cereal box, but it has all these wood block things around it. So I'm thinking maybe that's came out of that or, mm-hmm. but it's, well, it's toys yeah, everywhere. Yeah, Tinker Toys and, uh, you know, the little, uh, oh, snap gun uh, caps. Uh, That's what's lining the, uh, you know, the fences. It is. Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. Yeah. So this is, you know, really incredible, really detailed. Of course, you know, in in Bugs Land, they've done something similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, In California Adventure, you have walked through a box of uh, Cowboy Crunchies get into that that land so you know this is you know just keeping that same type of uh, putting you in scale with uh, what's from the movie yeah so this looks amazing if you happen to be at Walt Disney World make sure you go and check it out uh, and get super excited Toys Land is coming or Toy Story Land this summer and they're well on the way to having this thing built I mean they're working like 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 house elves to use a Harry Potter quote <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but we've also found some really fun animated images that have some details about Star Wars command posts aboard the Disney Fantasy. Yes, the force is strong on the high seas. Holy cow. Uh, They've got, it looks like, reminds me of the old like Star Wars arcade games where you'd have like this trigger uh, stick like you know not necessarily Mm -hmm. like the old one where you had the the steering wheel with the tilt things you know but kind of like kind of a little bit like the uh, battle pods yeah, I haven't gotten to see a battle pod yet. Oh my uh, goodness, we but, need to rectify that. I know, but they don't have anyone anywhere near me. So, uh, but it does have like you know the, the Star Wars trilogy arcade game that I used to play the Dickens out of and yeah, spent so much yeah, money. Yeah. On. That's what it reminds me of because they have like a control stick, and it looks like you're going to get to fly or something in these images. Uh, Starfighter training simulators. Very cool. So you get to simulate flying. See, and this is going to be all for the kids. And the adults aren't going to get to play. Oh, yes, but this is the, still really cool. <laughs> yes, this is in the teenager-only section of the ship. Oh, it's the, in the uh, teenager section. Yeah. I thought the, the little uh, kids were... Disney's Oceaneer Club. Oh, well, I can pass for a teenager. I don't, can't I? Sure. <laughs> 
I, heck, I'm, I'm blending in with all these 20 something college students, I suppose. But, you know, BB-8 is going to be there to help direct everybody in the missions that they need to be going on. Yeah, I, I doesn't look like he can roll around, but uh, it looks like he's going to be kind of stand still and can look around and kind of shift mm-hmm. around and stuff like that. Which is similar to how he is, uh, you know, in his meet and greets uh, at uh, Walt Disney World. Uh, there's games that you can do with some tablets that uh, you can basically this is I guess you can learn about the resistance at this this is of course some later Star Wars but still it definitely has that style of the original trilogy oh yeah uh, very very cool and oh wow holographic representations of uh, well so far we can see the Millennium Falcon and an A-Wing in some of these images uh, it's like a complete hollow table uh, which I don't know how many uh, different vehicles are on here I, it doesn't say anything about that but holy oh, cow that looks it. awesome yeah. see an a-wing and the millennium falcon at least looks very very cool and of course the when you've uh, become a jedi you get to go and play around with some stormtroopers and force push these actual stormtroopers in this image and it looks like they've actually got an officer with the first order behind them as well, well they do they do wow this looks like fun i want to go and do it but they won't let me Oh. Jedi mind tricks on unsuspecting foes. You know, it, this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh. Now, I might be wrong. It might not be the teenager. It's it's the, you know, for kids as well. But wow, this looks like it'd be a lot of fun. Oh. And we already know that they've got uh, Star Wars Day at Sea sailings. You know, in fact, our friends um, Richard and Sarah Woloski are on a, a Disney are on a Disney cruise this week. Oh. They'll be spending a Star Wars Day at sea, I believe. So, uh, yeah, it's this is incredible. It's going to be fun, and this just uh, is expanding and continuing to grow the the new story of Star Wars. Yeah, and really getting me excited to do things that I'm not going to be allowed to do. Right. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, here's some exciting stuff. Yes, okay. we didn't. Yes. I completely forgot to mention last week that we found out that the uh, previous director and writer for Episode Nine had uh, they parted ways, citing differences on the direction they wanted it to go. Uh, so we didn't talk about that, but th- we got to talk about this because now J.J. Abrams is coming back to write and direct the ninth in the. Star Wars saga. You will finish what he started. Exactly. Which I, I, I'm happy about this because there was concerns that whatever ideas he had, that they weren't all together. You know, like they didn't have a plan for all three movies. They didn't have an overall storyline and that they were all doing different things and they're flying by the seat of their pants entirely. But this will help bookend whatever ideas that J.J. Abrams had. He can round it off and, and then reveal everything about race, parentage and everything he wanted to do of where he one of these characters to go he can come back and wrap it up and as you were saying finish what he started he mm-hmm. will show us the dark side <laughs> we've also learned a little something about porgs from ryan johnson and it's it's not much but he says they're aquatic type birds the well, you know and males are and bigger I, than the females <laughs> and you know i I, I, I've come to accept porgs in my life. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they fit in. Because um, obviously, you know, from, from what we've been telling, they're going to be a lot bigger to the story than what uh, many of us initially thought. Yeah, they're keeping it really quiet. I'm expecting them to somehow be connected to the Force. Uh, and and uh, uh, I've heard spoilers, so I'm not going to go any further. Oh, okay. Yes, I yeah, definitely don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm really excited for this. And, and again, we just mentioned our friends Richard and Sarah Woloski. They put together a little song with uh, Rob Dellinger, who did my theme song back from oh, the top my of the show, about what does the Porg say? Oh. Just type that into YouTube. What does the Porg say? I'm not going to say anything more. Yeah, I remember seeing that link, but I didn't click it because I cannot stand the original song, and I don't think a parody is going to make it better. So, like, they did a parody of All About Your Bass or whatever, and I I, I couldn't stand the parody because the song itself is so bad. So I couldn't watch it. So I was like, oh, that might be fun, but I can't stand the the fox thing, so I don't really think I would enjoy it. It doesn't mention any foxes. Well, clearly. (laughs) But the the, the song itself is pretty annoying, so even with Porgs, I don't think you even Rob Dellinger could get me to where I can enjoy it. Even though Rob Dellinger is awesome, yes. but uh, He's the John Williams of podcasts. Exactly. Uh, but uh, we got a bit of a sad note here. Uh, I mean, uh, David Prowse, who was, of course, the actor in The Mask of Darth Vader in the original trilogy, he loves the fact that he was Darth Vader and loves interacting with fans. He goes to a lot of conventions. Unfortunately, uh, he's going to have to, you know, starting in January 2018, he's not going to do any more personal appearances because because of health problems. Uh, we don't know exactly what these health problems are. I haven't found anything that really detailed and it's really, that's his private business. You know, he is 82 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I hope he recovers and he does well. Uh, we've had so many losses already this year. I don't think no. I can handle yet another one. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately he will not be able to make any more appearances. So the chances of him getting to do an appearance here locally where I might get to ever meet him uh, seem to be gone. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and, more bad news. You know, just yeah, one more one more sad story. Uh, we learned this week also that Len Wein, the creator of Wolverine and the Swamp Thing, passed away following uh, a surgery of last week. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean for that to play yet. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not editing that out either. <laughs> I was getting something ready for later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know definitely one listener and uh, a fellow student over at UCM, uh, he's a huge Swamp Thing fan. Uh, so he's the one who let me know about this. And uh, I know this really must have impacted him, you know, and especially all those people who just love Wolverine, you know, well, they have a lot to be thankful for the work of Len Wein. And uh, so his influence is definitely going to be felt for generations. Oh, yeah, most definitely, bub. <laughs> exactly, Snickton. I don't. I don't know if Swampy has any any catchphrases. I mean, there's been two movies of Swamp Thing, but the funny thing is, not until Return of Swamp Thing did I realize it was a comic book. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is a comic book. Holy cow! So, yeah, things I learn. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't. Nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. All right. Now, I accidentally hit the button because I was trying to load up the page. But there was a brand new trailer for Coco. And it's, yes. it's called the Find Your Voice trailer. So this, of course, is coming uh, November with a uh, Frozen mini uh, there about half hour long in front of it. Uh, but so let's take a listen to this. It's you. You're going to get me in trouble, Dante. Someone could hear me. I wish someone wanted to hear me. Other than you. Okay. I know I'm not supposed to love music. No music. No music. 
Grandma Coco's father was the greatest musician of all time. Papa. Ernesto de la Cruz. One day, he left with his guitar and never returned. Now my family thinks music is a curse. Great-great-grandfather, none of them understand me. I'm supposed to play music. All right, who's in there? I'm sorry. <gasps> What's going on? I'm just dreaming. Do you mind? <gasps> Welcome to the land of the dead. Dr. Cleo! You gotta stay with me, boy. This isn't a dream, then. You're all really out there. Agents at the Department of Family Reunions are available to assist you. Please be on the lookout for a living boy. Miguel? You're here? We're your family, mijo. I know your great-great-grandpa. I'll get you to him. What are you doing? I'm walking like a skeleton. No, skeletons don't walk like that. It's how you walk. No, I don't. <laughs> There's no one left in the living world who remembers you. You disappear from this world. But you can change that. We gotta find my great grandpa. You gotta do it by sunrise. What happens at sunrise? You'll be stuck here forever. What? what? I'm a big fan. Forget how much your family loves you. It's almost sunrise. One cannot deny who one is meant to be. That's <laughs> you! I am terribly allergic. But Dante doesn't have any hair. And I don't have a nose. And yet, here we are. <laughs> I have to say, this trailer makes me laugh. It's got some really good, genuine, silly, funny stuff in this trailer. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, previously I wasn't really getting excited other than the fact that it was Pixar. So I knew I was going to love it. This trailer definitely sold me on it and gave us a little bit more about the story of this little boy growing with his great grandma, Coco. He mentioned her name is Coco. Mm -hmm. And of course, it could be a family name. Who knows? Uh, But she, for whatever reason... Doesn't allow music. So I'm expecting that somewhere you could hear uh, Grandma don't play on no guitar picking around here or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Billy Hill can come back. So I expect to hear that song. And, you know, even there, the Bittersweet Symphony, that's life. There's an old classic song in there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I this I'm now genuinely excited about this movie. How about you? Yeah, I've it's Pixar. I and uh, I've enjoyed everything that they've done, even efforts like uh, you know the Good Dinosaur and uh, A Bug's Life. You know, everything has value in it, and you know to yeah, you know, I'm hoping that this is a little bit more on the line of uh, Inside Out rather than uh, Finding Dory. But you know, it's Pixar; they know how to craft a good story, and you know, visually, this looks really incredible. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yes. Definitely looking forward to it and some of the great humor and great fun and heartfelt family stuff. You know it's coming. You're going to cry because <laughs> it's Pixar. Uh, but it's time to jump another corner. We have still just enough time. To Disney and beyond. So as we said at the top of the show... Toonfest was yesterday. Well, Saturday, at least. You know, I'm, it's Sunday as we're recording this. Uh, so, of course, I made my way out to Marceline. Uh, Heather did come with me. 
And it's fun. We always usually run into, uh, I forget the guy's name, but we always, I usually see him around there. He's been coming to Toonfest for a good long time and ran into him and uh, got to show him that, yeah, Heather actually did come with me this time. She is getting over a virus, so she wasn't really that talkative. And being an introvert, she always does tend to hang back. Uh, so even while I was filming the parade, I was kind of looking around, where'd Heather go? <laughs> so she kind of ducked away somewhere. Uh, but I do have footage of the parade coming down Main Street on the Neverland podcast YouTube channel, also my personal YouTube channel on uh, called Glubang, G-L-U-B-A-N-D and you can check out the parade it was about a little over 14 minutes long, it seemed to go by really fast but it's always fun, if you've never seen a good small town parade where you have marching bands of about 10 teenagers uh, <laughs> Uh, one one town actually the, it was it was great their marching band they had one person per instrument hmm. so i mean they had like six kids to play <laughs> and uh, they put their heart into it even being oh, yeah. a small and with the, the fun thing about small town parades is they go down main street facing one way they go down to the end of the street they loop and make a loop around and they come back the other way so you can see both halves of the parade and you're going to see little miss agriculture miss marceline miss teen marceline that kind of thing uh it is a wonder i love it it's just it has such a great feel to it so one of these days you're gonna have to get out here so you can I come am. to this thing i am it's, no, I, it's it, awesome i I, I wanted to be there this weekend. I really did. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we're, we're in Neverland now, but unfortunately, reality land invaded. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. Weekend. But, you know, I, you know, I've always wanted to visit Marceline and this type of an event is a great reason to want to go. Yep, and I actually did have somebody who asked me, hey, is Eric here too? Oh! <laughs> and I was like, unfortunately, no, he couldn't make it. And I gotta say, it's... I. I've been going so long and I've done so much stuff like with the museum. I'm starting to get recognized a little bit. And I actually, when I was setting up the camera, I had somebody hollering, Hey, Jeremy, which is delightful. I, I, I feel like it's like a second home. I keep telling Heather every time I visit, I'm like, you know, I, I kind of want to move here. I just, I don't know how far I could advance my career in, a, in that small town, but you know, heck, if the museum ever decides they need somebody who does digital media or some video or something that they could, you know, hire me on, I would probably do it in a heartbeat. There's also some local radio stations. It's a country station, but I think I could suffer through it. You know? <laughs> but, oh, I would really love to live there. And uh, even uh, when talking to like Mike and Patty, they, and if you, if you follow him on Facebook, uh, he's been posting some images. He's really enjoyed his time in Marceline there. I'm sure both of them seem to really like it. Usually all the cartoonists really enjoy it. It's getting into that small town and there's such a, uh, there's a, a magic to that town that's mm -hmm. from being that connected with Walt Disney and what he meant to their community from, you know, counting it as his inspiration for a lot of things that he did uh, and his return trips uh, and uh, just there's there's so much there that you really have to visit the museum to kind of to get it all in which the weird thing is I actually didn't get into the museum I did not have oh. time <laughs> But I did see it earlier this year when I went up there when they were opening the museum. So I've seen all the new additions uh, already. And Heather hasn't gotten to see it with all the new stuff in there. So we're planning to at some point come back maybe maybe before they close for the season. I think they'll be closing at the end of the month. Uh, and then they reopen in April, I think it was. Uh, so... You know, they'll, and they'll, of course, there'll be a lot more new stuff when they reopen the museum. 
but we uh, after the parade, let's see, we uh, we went ahead and got some lunch. After I found out about what time uh, the process were going to be doing theirs, they were last in all the symposiums. So you know, we looked at some of the artwork, kind of looked around. Uh, they have a lot of a lot of fun and games and some little vendors. Uh, I went and got some lunch at this place called Ma Vic's that I eat at all the time because the food is so good. It's this very hometown cafe. Uh, then we went over across to uh, I love this one antique store there. This is an antique store that I most of my Disney vinyl collection I got from that antique store. But I think I bought everything that they had and they haven't gotten any new vinyl in. Mm. I've previously I've taken some photos inside the antique store of some of the wonderful merchandise they have. I've been so tempted many times they have a color forms ducktails. Oh, wow. I've thought about getting it, but I was like, you know, I would want to be able to to open it up and display it. And I don't know how well the vinyl would stick to the thing. And if I could mm. somehow tack it up, because uh, I wouldn't want to just keep it in the box. I'd want to, you know, do something on the wall. So I am so tempted every time. And there was a lot of great cups and things. So I was kind of looking at all that stuff. I looked around. They didn't have any new Disney vinyls. All, most of their vinyls was Marty Robbins. So that was kind of neat. But But then I spotted this. It says it's nice, this nice big uh, kind of blue. It almost looks like a book. And it said Disney's 75 Years of Music and Memories. And I opened this up. It's a three-disc limited edition set from 1998. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. The artwork uh, inside the book is great. The artwork on the discs is fantastic. It has three discs covering uh, a couple of decades each. Uh, and it's even uh, got a certificate of authenticity here. Yeah. Uh, I've got uh, 1,200 or 12,679 of 60,000 copies of this that was made. Well, and I picked that up myself 19 years ago. I couldn't tell you which copy it is because it's somewhere still in my stuff to get unpacked. (laughs) But I love that set. Yes. It has versions of songs. I looked at it and said, well, I already have this song, but I I don't have this one, but oh, I already have that song. But when we started to listen to it on the way back, there were songs that, yes, I have a version of this song, but it was a different version. Mm -hmm. There was a different version of Cruella de Vil, which Heather didn't really care for. You have Annette Funicello actually singing Let's Get Together with uh, I didn't recognize the guy's voice. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. I bet it's in the booklet if I looked. But uh, there's oh, this was so great. And the fun thing is, is uh, you're looking at the price tag. This was selling for like uh, fifty dollars U.S., seventy dollars in Canada. And when I was doing a little bit of research on this, just looking uh, around, there's people on eBay selling it for at least seventy five dollars. But I bought it for nineteen dollars and fifty cents. Fantastic. Yes, I am. I'm cuddling it right now. I love this. I haven't gotten to listen to all of it. I, we've listened to about a disc and a half so far. I've copied them onto my computer. I'm going to put them on a flash drive and I'm going to just peruse them. I'm going to be if you actually listen to Neverland Radio on the beat, UCM the beat. If you search digitalberg.com and there's this big B, uh, there is an app where you can listen to my radio show. I am putting this. This is going to be all my exclusive music for the show all week. I've already started to program it in. I need to record some news bits and everything to put into the show this week but if you want to hear some of these specialty cuts i'm playing them this week on the beat all right which oh i should have some of my special sweepers ready to queue up and have everybody listen to but (laughs) but oh okay so continuing on a little bit here i know we're running out of show time 
But uh, oh, at one point, I looked over in this truck nearby, and I saw. Uh, I, I've already interviewed him once before. I don't know if he recognizes me, but I recognized him because I took a photo of him. Uh, but this is a fellow by the name of Jim Payton, and he's got a very good story of when he met Walt. And I had a recording from before. We played this before, but I'm going to play it again for you. All right. Okay, so what, what was your name? Jim Payton. Hi. <laughs> and uh, the reason that I got to meet Walt Disney was my father was one of the ins- people who were instrumental in getting him back to Marston hmm. was a, a dedication of the pool. And they had all kinds of activities set up for him to attend. You know, you've probably seen one of them with the mailman and mm-hmm. riding a wagon. And, and of course, the yeah. premiere of the Disney movie movie, the great Walt Chase. The one thing they wanted him to have do is go out to a bridge where he would fish as a child and have a young fellow out there fishing. And I was chosen to be that boy. Oh, wow. Were you nervous? No, not at all. No, no. <laughs> like I'm, a, I'm a 12-year-old kid, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and it's, you know, it's just so, so easy and, and um, funny thing is that after the, all of the was over and done with all, with all the hubbub, I don't know what happened to my fishing pole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, choking on my onions. And, they, and uh, Disney Corporation sent me pictures of this. And cool. when he came back for the dedication of the Disney school, and they had a reception at the park for him. And I took several of those photographs down there and he autographed them. Oh, wow. Several autographed Disney. <laughs> Yeah, that's something you keep in the scrapbook and you keep showing yeah. the rest of the family, right? Yeah. And, and uh, 20 years ago, I sold one of them at $1,000. Wow. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> so, anyway, and you know, as they say, and you wore all, everybody has their 15 minutes of fame. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, well, thank you. You now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that, of course, was Jim Payton. Uh, He's a delightful person. Uh, It was really fun to see him again in his truck. Uh, But, of course, uh, how I ended up not getting to the museum is we were keeping an eye out for when Mike and his wife, Patty, Mike Parasa, uh, who was a Disney concept artist, uh, still works at the Disney Company. And then Patty, who's worked on effects animation uh, at Disney and with, like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I mean, all kinds of different places that she does effects animation. Uh, and uh, I was not allowed to record their presentation from the Disney company. And that's that's kind of typical when they give a big presentation with employees. They they don't allow recording. So I tried to remember a lot of what they had spoken of that I thought was interesting. And I did when they came out to a table later, I did go through and, um, you know, ask a few questions. But some of the interesting things was, OK, Jack Hanna, who's known uh, connected with a lot of the Donald Duck shorts from the mm-hmm. past. Actually, in, several of them. Right. He's the one who introduced them to each other. Oh, wow. And I thought that was great. Uh, and that was around about the time that they were also both attending Cal Arts. Uh, they showed a picture of Patty with uh, one of her classes, and they pointed out John Lasseter, which I didn't recognize at first because he wasn't wearing a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> And Tim Burton. And Tim Burton was wearing like this skull mask and everything because, of course, he's Tim Burton. He's Tim Burton, yeah. <laughs> right. And some of the interesting things is uh, when uh, she was accepted into Cal Arts, Patty was, well, I don't really have the money to go. And she had someone named Lillian who donated mm. the money to and paid her way to go through. And she found out later that, of course, it was Lillian Disney. 
Wow. So, because she wanted to make sure more women were getting into animation. And, mm-hmm. and of course, Patty's gotten to, she showed some of her work. She's uh, like the Black Cauldron. Uh, she was actually even, oh, well, heck, I'll let her tell her story. Why am I, why am I going through? <laughs> Uh, I asked her some of this neat stuff she did. Here we go. I was a project lead on Beauty and the Beast, and it was a non-musical. And I was very concerned because it was heavy. I wanted something lighter in it. So Mike and I at home on our Amiga computer decided to do a little piece on Splish Splash. It was a 50 song. So we took our dishwasher, we put dishes in there, and we accidentally dropped our walkman in it. So when we closed it up, the Walkman would play Splish Splash. And we had the, the plates dancing like Busby Berkeley. We had forks jumping around. We had teal and pink lights. And we showed it to Don Hahn, who loved it. And suddenly, there was a Be Our Guest in Beauty and the Beast. Thank you. 
Mouse, of course, his alter ego, Mickey Mouse, became one of my favorite characters, and he was somewhat, you know, easy to draw because I didn't know any better. I've learned over the years there's a lot more to him than what you, you, you may think, but it's, uh, he was really my, my first favorite character to draw, and he still is one of my, all these years later, still my favorite characters to draw. Even in uh, Rocketeer, you know, oh yeah, it's really cool. It just so happens we were looking at Rocketeer, the Mickey, the Mickey Rocketeer. So it's yeah, he's, he's popping up Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. You know the original, or when you make him the Fab Five, you put Minnie and Pluto in there. They, yeah, well they really are. They're like family. Well, I don't. I usually don't forget. I put Donald in there, and it's a love thing. I try to get Daisy in there too. So at what point did you know you really wanted to work for Disney? Um, I would say when I took a bad short hop when I was uh, playing baseball in high school and the ball smashed right in my mouth and busted my, my lips uh, really bad because I had a mouth of meat hanging down. So there's got to be something easier than this. And I, I transferred out of the sports into doing yearbook and a newspaper. And while doing that, I ended up doing little Disney characters for some of the different you know, homecoming, things like that for the school. And I'd always had a love for Disney. Disney's a very easy company to love anyway. to just get it scheduled and get it all worked out but uh, they do want to come back on the show and we'll sit on Skype and have a much longer conversation but one thing I want to add in that was so cool that he showed us from some of his work is okay so Mickey's Christmas Carol mm-hmm. you, you know those opening uh, credit you know well the credits are and the, all that artwork yeah yeah all the hand-drawn uh, uh, Norman Rockwell-ish type of uh, uh, little um Tableaus. Yeah, like portraits, almost. Those were him. Excellent. Uh, And he said uh, he did, I think originally, I think he said he had like a set of like 12 that he had done, and then he had to do an additional 12. So all the work he did, you don't actually get to see all of it in the film. Hmm. And uh, I don't think he showed us anything that wasn't in the film. I would love to see some of the other ideas he had because he he kind of tells the story with those images. Uh, but oh, that that got me so excited because I absolutely love that work. And oh. uh, 
to also know that he's one of the people behind, you know, some of the concepts with Ariel. He worked on Ariel and, of course, my favorite of the Disney princesses. And then having her be a, a lead in charge on Beauty and the Beast, which is my favorite of the animated Disney films. Uh, I tell you what, this these were some of the creative people that had just made my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to having them back on as quick as we can. Of course, we got a lot of stuff coming with October. You know, we're going to have to have some Halloween fun. And oh, yeah. Coming up very soon, uh, we'll see if we can talk to Jeff Barnes again. Uh, remember, Dr. Barnes wrote The Wisdom of Walt uh, a couple years back, and we talked mm-hmm. to him. A great book. I have a copy of that one. He's about to release Beyond the Wisdom of Walt, uh, where The Wisdom of Walt focused on Disneyland. This is going to be focused on some of the lessons we can learn of the history of Walt Disney World. I do have a preview copy. I'm going to try to get a chance to read it so we can get a review up, uh, and we'll have him on the show. His book releases October 1st. You can pre-order it on Amazon. Uh, So make sure you go and check that out and we'll have him on as soon as the book is released to talk a little bit about about his experiences. Uh, Go back and check out our past episode. If you do a search for Jeff Barnes, I think you will find him. Uh, Like I said, I think it's been a couple of years. But uh, he's a great guy. He'll be a lot of fun to talk to when we have him back on here in October. And I definitely recommend you pick up his book. In fact, I will try to track down a link for you and put it in the show notes. So make sure you pick up a copy of pre-order that uh so any thoughts on some of the audio you got to hear eric no it was great i just wish i could have been there well we'll get you there very 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 soon and hopefully when we have them on the show we can get you in on the call and so we can all talk and it'll be great but uh, I can see that definitely we better wrap this up. We've gone uh, for a good hour here. So to keep us within a normal, decent time frame, uh, we better wrap this up and, uh, and say goodbye to everybody. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless. Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.